So every two weeks, we meet for coffee and just literally just catch up on what we've been doing, families, world events. Right. So. Damn, man. Check one, two. It's, I'm not having any note post-production. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I do is going to be absolutely minimal. And as soon yeah. as you say beta, I'm like, this nerd. So... <laughs> We definitely need to set up a budget for this. <laughs> we are live. It's official. All right. All right, you got it, yeah? Got it. All right, cool. Action. And action. Well, as <laughs> as we continue to say every time we do this, we got to figure out a way. We've, we got to figure out some sort of production budget. Yes. <laughs> so far, we're at zero dollars. <laughs> Let's consider an $8 increase. <laughs> the price of Twitter now. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I would imagine you probably you probably have lots to say about oh, that. Oh, it's so fun to watch. <laughs> the one CEO that will, like, just blast out everything he thinks and just get all the raw feedback. Yeah. It's kind of a beautiful thing. I mean, it's not going to be Twitter like you guys have always known, right? <laughs> no, Is it? No. I mean, look, I, I tried it. I've downloaded it. I created an account, tried to follow some of the stuff when you and I were talking NFTs, you know, many moons ago before mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. decided to start doing this. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to follow these people. So I, I followed all these people and it's stupid. Oh, you did. I don't, I don't, you built your, so I have the same thing. I yeah. still have my NFT feed on Twitter. So anytime I go to Twitter, I, I haven't purged it yet. Yeah. I still get like all these people posting about NFTs. <laughs> if you looked at my Twitter, you would you wouldn't know that the floor fell out, and the NFTs aren't a thing right now. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I didn't need Twitter to do know that, right? So, which is funny, right? Because and we're going to talk about you know building the studio, <clears throat> but yeah, I have a I have a monitor. A monitor. It will be turned vertically. Okay. We will make a okay. digital, you know picture mm. frame yes. out of it and we will figure out how to download yes. your nfts we'll and just mine, cycle through them. and they're just going to be on a loop yeah yeah in the studio did you know did you ever hear about the uh the they're calling it like the metaverse um galleries like art gallery yeah, yeah, but for yeah, nfts yeah. did you ever see any of those i mean no because i i i still couldn't wrap my head around the metaverse and what I'm, that was but these people that were buying these like ridiculously you know several uh-huh. hundred thousand dollar nfts yeah we're charging admission in the metaverse because they would build like a museum. Right. And you go in and you could go in virtually and see all these things. I never saw an admission fee. I did visit one or two before. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the geek that went that far. I don't know. I, did I ever tell you? I don't think I told you about this. In 20, going from 21 to 22, the New Year's, there was mm. a New Year's Eve party hosted. Did I tell you this? Yeah, yeah okay, you did tell okay, me okay. this be- be- before we started <laughs> recording. But yeah, I remember being just as do what you know uh-huh. about it as, as I am right now. I'm trying to remember. I think I took a video. I'll yeah. have to bring the video next yeah. time and show you. I mean, it was like. And look, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to turn into the old Clint Eastwood Grand Torino situation where I'm just. I'm not going to progress. You know, perhaps that is the future, right? But. Bro, that was too much too quick. Mm. Like, we flipped, and everybody was like, hey, let's just put VR headsets on mm-hmm. and live in this virtual reality. 
and then pay to go look at NFTs. Digital pictures. Right. No. <laughs> nope. No, once I see a picture of what you paid $250,000 for, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's cool. I didn't have to pay for it. And now what's it worth? Uh-huh. I saw this artist. I saw this artist on on Instagram, and he had sold, gosh, I don't know, fifteen hundred paintings. He's a, he's he's an artist, and he sold like fifteen hundred original pieces of artwork that he created as NFTs. And then he did this like super big production where he's like the fanciest fireplace setup you've ever seen and he's got like the fire gear on like this fire suit like I don't know it looked like he jumped out of an airplane but with a Gucci t-shirt on <laughs> to fight forest fires okay it was like making this big production where he was burning the originals because the people had purchased the originals as NFTs and so now the only way that piece of unique art exists is virtually whoa and I'm like all I, right I kind of like that I mean... That's pretty sick. All right. I don't know about sick. Maybe in a different way than you mean, but eh, whatever, right? Teach his own. But I see this artwork. It's like, I don't know, white pieces of construction paper. Oh. It's not even like stretched canvas or something. Oh, okay. And it's like colored fucking circles. <laughs> like somebody had taken... Like, you know, Madeline, my chocolate lab, when she takes a tennis ball... She will chew it into this slobbery, soggy mess. Mm-hmm. She loves it. Yeah. And she wants to. She wants you to play. So she like flips it up at you. All right. And when it hits, <laughs> it like makes this squishy Ooh. like. Then you know instantly it's just like oh god. So, it's like just uh, full of slobber. I don't know if I can listen to the rest of this story. <laughs> it's oh got a god. point, right? But when you flip it up to me yeah. and it lands at my feet uh-huh. and I pick it up, I'm like, ugh. There's just like wet, slobbery uh-huh. print. This is exactly what this fucking artwork looked like, but he had dipped <laughs> it in color. And it would be like a, you know, I don't know, 11 by 13 sheet of paper that maybe had 10 or 12 random colors on it. And they were just circles where this cat had just decided to place random balls. Why? Dipped it. That makes no sense I don't know no if I consulted his artwork. People were buying this shit. That makes no sense to me. But this is the kind of stuff your kid brings home, and you're like, oh, thanks. You put it on the fridge, and then as soon as they forget about it, that shit's in the bin. <laughs> you know? Because it doesn't... No, it's... True story. This happened grown to There's grown-ass people that go to work <laughs> and then make money and then come home and be like, yes, I must have this original. What? <laughs> so, anyway, I saw that the other day. I kind of thought about you because, you know, I'd read a couple of articles about the whole NFT thing. And look, yeah, I spent maybe a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I was in it for the deal. Right. I bought this thing for a yeah. dollar fifty and, you know, people were offering me eighteen dollars for it. I was like, man, I should sell. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. Hold it. <laughs> and now it's not. It's worth a dollar fifty. You know, 50 cents. What did I lose? Right. It was just fun to be in there. Sure, I wanted a, one of those that somebody all of a sudden wanted to pay me five grand for. Yeah. And I certainly would have sold it, but we missed that train. It was yeah. very quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's flash in the pan. Yeah. True story, Oliver did bring home a stack of... Did he? I colored this at school stuff yesterday. And what'd you guys do? Well, we looked through it and we appreciated it. Uh-huh. And then it 
hit the stack. Where's it at now? A dresser drawer. <laughs> How long will With it be all there? the other. <laughs> How long will it be there? Uh, we haven't gone through it yet. Uh-huh. It's getting a little excessive. Uh-huh. You know what? We went through it like a, a year ago for the first time, and we sat him down. We sat the stack in front of him on the floor, and we said, okay, go through this and pick out your absolute favorites. And he was surprisingly ruthless, just <laughs> slashing paper left and right. He had a, go, uh, a keep pile and a trash pile. And he would pick stuff up that he spent like, it seemed like an hour on. He's like, nope. <laughs> of his own artwork. Of his own artwork, tossed in the trash pile. So well, that worked out pretty well. We'll try that again. Uh, but yeah, he did that yesterday. But did you see, okay, so had, I probably told you about this one. There's a guy, and I forget his name. This was Shlomes, I think it is. Who? Shlomes is his name. Shlomes? Yeah. So he. He's not Jewish. His claim to fame. I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> I don't know. What? His claim to fame is during the NFT, during the height of the NFT craze, he he got together with a a group and smashed a porcelain toilet with a hammer, like on video, recorded it and everything. Okay. And then took and three D scanned, like point cloud scanned the shards of the toilet Uh and like numbered them. Okay. And then the digital three D render image of that shard of a piece of toilet was then sold as NFTs. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. How much would you pay you for know, a piece of this toilet? I, I think, oh God, I forget. Maybe four grand. What? Something like, I forget the number really. It was, I was priced out, out, to be honest. You were priced out. I wanted out. to buy one just for the fun of being able to say You're an like idiot. 20 years from now that you bought a piece, that you of, bought a piece of toilet? Right. Bro, I'll bring you one. Well, hey. But see, <laughs> when we rent out the bathroom, I'll bring you one. <laughs> 2500 bucks. I'll cut you a deal. Where was the limit so I know? Right. You know? But see, this is, what, this is what I'm realizing with NFTs and with business and with just like cycles of different um, things in general. It's like it all starts with a stupid little concept. But then over time, if people stick around and build on the concept, it grows. Because so now, like his latest project, or the one that I'm most aware of, is that he went out and bought a Lamborghini and like wired it up with explosives and then blew it up on film. And then again, took 3D renders of the broken up pieces and sold those as NFTs. And to me, that's a much cooler story. But I'm just thinking to myself, okay, what, what's like five to ten years from now, if he continues down this path, he will be known as the single most important NFT artist who blows things up or destroys things and then sells the pieces of it as digital images. And you could say that you own a piece of a Lamborghini that was blown up in the, you know, in Phoenix, Arizona or whatever the nearest desert is to he, wherever he lives. And uh, it's kind of cool. And then so, if you could, then if you could go ahead and buy the actual piece, like not the digital version, but the uh-huh. actual, I think that's cool. So hang on, let's back up. It's just a cool thing. It's just it's just fun to say, well, hey, this is cool. Look what I got, and tell the a, story. As a petrolhead, I heard you say that this cat went out and bought a Lamborghini. Yeah. And then immediately blew it up. And it, yeah. And then is selling you. Yeah. Bits. Of unusable, right? Blown up, yes. Lamborghini, yeah. Something like that. I didn't follow the story close enough to know for sure exactly what he's doing, but it's something like that. So let's say he bought a half a million dollar Huracan STO or something, mm-hmm. 
A, you ought to be punched in the fucking throat for blowing <laughs> it up. But B, can you really sell a half a million bucks worth of pieces? What's the math? I mean, how many pieces do you have to sell at, say, $4,000 a pop to recover your expenses? Why don't you just, hey, buy a $100 raffle ticket, you can win this half million dollars. 125 pieces. 125 pieces at four grand will cover your expenses for just the car, at least. All right, so what is, what's, right? what's the price of your soul <laughs> worth? So, yeah, sure, you can sell 125 pieces, but... Probably sold like 10,000 pieces of it. That was the going number back in the day, 10,000 so pieces for a So how would collection. I... I mean, so, yeah, maybe it's a money-making proposition, but still, I have to sell my sell petrol soul. head soul <laughs> to buy a perfectly good Lamborghini and then blow it up. Maybe he's an EV guy. I don't know. The man. torque that you get from the Tesla Model Y, like I just couldn't help myself this morning leaving the school to come here, just punching it after every light and stop uh-huh. sign. I get in that way some kind of day, some kind. Look, sometimes. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. It's it's legit. It's incredible. But it sounds nothing like a Lamborghini. No, it actually it literally feel. sounds nothing. It's it, there's no it sound. It feel. just you just go. Like a Lamborghini. No, it doesn't. You're right. You know, if I were doing, if I were doing 70 on a twisty road up in North Georgia in a Model Y, it feels nothing like the excitement of never coming out of second gear in a Lamborghini <laughs> or an Aston Martin or a Porsche. True. It's true. You know. There's a bit of excitement hearing the engine scream behind you or in front of you, depending on the car you're in. So it's much like, it's probably a lot like NFTs and stocks. The both will coexist. It's not like everyone's going to jump well, I'm and not saying one's better than the other. Be in the other, the new thing, and no, everyone's going to dump the old thing. They'll coexist. It'll be a. I'm just not keen on. I would go buy a Lamborghini <laughs> and then blow it up and sell. 125 pieces. You know, several hundred pieces. I think it's cool. Can you imagine doing that project? I'd love to be on a team that goes out we and fires up a Lamborghini to, to blow up. I'm here to tell you right now. <laughs> you will defend. Now etched in the, you know, Your Lamborghini universe. hugger. Yes. <laughs> I will I will fight you <laughs> if I find out that the Goodwill podcast has bought a Lamborghini <laughs> and intends to blow it up and sell digital renders yeah. of the actual pieces. That inspired me. Bitch, you better start selling chocolate bars or something to raise money. We're not blowing <laughs> up a Lamborghini. That inspired me to do research on a point cloud, like a scanning. Like, how do you scan an object and turn right. it to a digital image? And so I found this app. I don't remember. It's been probably a year now since I did this, but I downloaded this app on the iPhone. And you can go and scan, like, this coffee cup on the table, right? Yeah. You could take the iPhone and then go around the coffee cup a few times at different angles. And then you'll end up with a file like mm-hmm. a digital image of this file of this cup yeah that you can have and it's like an STL file what is you, it that you could print STL yeah. okay STL and so then you can do whatever you want with it like there's a you know several of those you know 3D scanning tools you know they have a couple of them that you can plug into the iPhone and it'll you know make a point cloud model yeah a legit you know it's what it's actually used for 3D rendering so you could then create a file from it and then, you know, machine that out of billet or print it 
either out of a polymer or, or resin or oh you're talking about like making the physical object yeah print the physical object like That's recreate cool. the physical object yes where is that what was I doing with that I forgot what I was doing with that so what would you need that for yeah why did I need that I don't remember I mean yeah it would be cool oh I remember oh yeah 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 this is one of my great ideas that I was gonna do I was I was gonna I was gonna figure out how to scan Tesla car uh-huh like the whole car I was gonna try to mod, 3d model the whole car most realistic looking version of a 3d rendering of the vehicle and then create a tesla museum so to speak so like the digital nft art museums but for tesla cars and go and create one in the metaverse somewhere maybe on decentraland yeah that was the idea yeah took too much time Got a shelf full of ideas. I learned this about myself recently. Elizabeth taught me. She said, you know, she said, you have a lot of ideas, not a lot of execution. Yeah. Kind of hurt. <laughs> but it was true. At first I was like, no, what are you talking about? And, and she reminded me like 10 years back of a couple of ideas that I had. It turns out I'm actually just the dreamer. <laughs> she was like, yeah, you had this idea. And I, and it hit me like when she said the things I'd forgotten about them. But I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Like, and I, I checked myself and I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I'm thinking about it right now as if I want to act on it today and go <laughs> do the thing. That's probably not good. That's a problem. Right. So, yeah, I learned that. I learned that about myself in the past two weeks. So... Hard right, bro. Watched, watched a. I don't know if you call it a documentary. Maybe you do. Netflix, right? Um, I remember hearing about this, but I was like, "Oh man, that's crazy!" And then never heard anything else about it. But the earthquake in Kathmandu, Mount Everest, back in 2015. I don't recall. So, you know, we talked about this, I think, with, with some of the Oliver climbing, you know, stuff, mm -hmm. where I was like, hey, you know, watched lots of these you know, free solo and yeah. all that other stuff. I watched a ridiculous amount of you know, climbing Everest, you know. I think it was a show. I think that was actually the title of a show you know, several years ago on Discovery Channel. I don't know what the hell it was. Anyway, it's always intrigued me. You know, the amount of money and the prep and the gear and the time and oh, yeah. the effort that it takes to get to Everest, much less climb it, so right. come back down. Right. You know? So I saw this program and it was Earthquake on Everest. And I was like, oh, that, this would be kind of cool. Let me check this out. Well, it's like, I don't know, three episodes, an hour long each. And it, it chronicles base camp at Everest yeah people attempting to summit Everest yeah it chronicles the town of Kathmandu which is where you get to and then make the trek over to actually Mount okay. Everest it is one of the most densely populated cities in the world you know 
per capita, I think. Hell, I don't know. I maybe just made that up, but you know, maybe they made that up. But I heard something <laughs> so, like that. Somebody's making you know, something fact, up. That's for fact sure. Fact check me, right? There's a lot of freaking people that live in this city, and the construction of these structures, buildings, and homes is very third world, very oh, rudimentary. Okay. Not very good. And there was an earthquake. A significant earthquake? It was like a, I don't know, a seven or some shit like that. It it shook the hell out of it. Tons of aftershocks in the five and sixes. And I think, and I'm not sure, I want to say it was like 9,000, whatever the hell it was. Like, I don't know, several thousand people lost their lives. Oh, really? Dude, it's not like, oh, 100. Like, that's any better, right? But several thousand people lost their lives. And like... um, Wow. There's a place called the Langtan Valley, which is outside of Kathmandu, not quite Everest. Okay. It's, you know, beautiful hiking trails and whatnot. You know, you walk through this valley, there's a beautiful overlook of the mountain range and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like a full-on mudslide. Mm. Like came down, straight up leveled the entire city, killed everyone in the village. Oh, my God. Buried them. You know, some Pompeii shit. It was crazy. So there were like three different stories going on. Like, these people on Everest, like, it, it shook that whole situation. Sure. Obviously caused landslides. And I don't know if you've ever seen base camp at Everest. Yeah, I have. But it's at the bottom of a gigantic ice flow. Mm-hmm. It's a funnel. And it did just that. It funneled millions of tons of ice and rock and, and snow down this hill at a billion miles an hour or whatever the hell it was, right? Oh, very fast. And these people are videoing it, and they're like, fuck, yeah, fuck, right, you know, right, and they're right. like, get in a tent. I mean, get in a, a tent, tent, right, right. but, you know, you but what, what, else, you what else you do? In the moment, you know? right. And it, like, wiped out, you know, entire teams, like, buried them, killed, you know, the dead body, 30 or 40 people lost their lives wow. or whatever the That's hell it was, lots of people. Terrible. And it was just nuts, and there's people on the mountain. Right, like, they can't get down because now this thing had gone through the, the ice the ice field and, like, completely wiped out the path. So you got to rebuild the path, which oh, they do every year. Shoot. You know? So if you're up on the mountain, you, you experience the quake, you stabilize. If you lived, now you're looking down the mountain wondering how in the world we're going to get back. You, and, can't, you can't get down. And you... Do they know at this point that like the base camp's wiped out and like the the town's wiped out? They yeah they've they've got you know radio so they've they've heard hey oh, man you know wow. we're not good down here you know but what like a they sinking feeling. they can't get to them you can't get down yeah going up any further is you're already at the limit of like a helicopter rescue anywhere for altitude because the air is wow. so thin so you can't go up you can't go down you just stuck it was like 150 people at base camp one which was a, you know, on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And the helicopter could take like three people at a time at that altitude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so That's it was intense, man. It was a. Cool. What's this it, called on Netflix, you said? It's uh, Earthquake on Everest. Earthquake on Everest. Yeah. Shoot. And it, it, it talks about, you know, you know, buildings burying people and they like, you know, rescuing people, mm-hmm. trying to dig people out. Yeah. It just it tell, it's like there's three different narratives going on for three different things that are happening. And man, the aftershocks are like heaving the ground five or six inches. You right. Know, it's it's pretty intense. Wow. And I guess I don't really realize that 
I didn't realize that it was that intense as early as like 2015. Like, and so there's like legit video of the whole thing. Yeah. It's crazy. Like quality video. Yeah. Yeah. Not like, yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. It was something, man. Anyway, check that out. Shoot. It's intense. Maybe not show that to Oliver. <laughs> no, we'll let him go. But to he bed doesn't see. He doesn't <laughs> show it sweeping anybody off the side of a cliff right, or anything right, like right. that. You know, but. But you sounds like you definitely got the sense for what it was like to be there. And I had heard this before. It's like forty grand on average, the cash that it takes to get you to Everest, to summit Everest with gear, paying a guide, and all this other stuff. Really? Yeah. It's it's. It's not like, hey, I want to go climb Everest, and so you just well, pop if over. If you're with Wim Hof, you go ahead and do that. You just, <laughs> take, you just knock it out. Right. Whatever. It's, it, you know, it's expensive. Wow. You know, so. What an awful situation. These people are like, you know, I, listen, it's, I'm not made of money. You know, I, I wanted to do this for years. I've saved my money. I paid my 40 grand. Right. I'm stuck on the mountain. We can't go down. Might as well go up. Right. What? No, bro. You can't. <laughs> Hundreds of people are dead down below you. You know, people are dead in your own camp. Mm. And all you can think about was why we wait. Might as well try to summit. Mentally, how do you do that? You know? I could put myself there. I could, you know, if you're there, right? the cost the earthquake like everything probably just seems out of sorts if you feel like this could be your last you know if you were told hey this is your last 24 hours alive and you're halfway up Mount Everest what do you do well now that's that's different if you know that well that's got to be the the concern running through your mind because if you get down to base camp and nothing's available what this, are, are you going to survive? I don't know. This fucking 30,000 foot piece of rock that I'm trying to jump on top of, <laughs> you know, is moving around because the, the entire earth that, That's is what shifting. I'm thinking. Even, even, I'm not on a rock, but like where I, where I sit today, if the whole earth was like going into chaos, yeah, you kind of get in the mindset of like, this could be my last moment, you know? I want to do something fun. Something uh, exemplary of the human experience. The what the when you watch this, there's one guy and he's like that. He's like, hey, really? why why don't we try to go up? Yeah, let's we finish can't this. go down. Right before we're finished, let's finish. And he this. was like, I'd rather go out. That's scary. You know, yeah, I'd rather go out attempting to do what I came here for rather than sit I, here in an I avalanche wipes me off the cliff. Yeah, I kind of see it. And other people are like, it's dude, like, you're you're out of your fucking gourd. No, we're not right, doing this. Right, you know. Right. We're trying. We're focused on trying to keep everybody safe and let's go down. So, right. Interesting. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I enjoy that kind I'm of stuff. I'm gonna watch it. Man. Yeah. So that's I watched that recently. It's pretty good. I've listened to now three episodes. They're getting better. Of our show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You know They're, what I enjoy? The opening. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just like it. I don't Well it's good. I, I mean, think it's because I made it and it You know when you listen to a commercial over and over, you, you kinda get the fan. tune, you know, it's okay. like I kinda like it. There, I, listen, that's what we wanted. Yeah. 
and to me, I can it mentally represents me physically sitting here in the coffee shops. I don't know that it hits the same way for everybody else, but I enjoy it. So that's the other thing that I want to talk to you about. So we're currently we're currently building putting together a studio. Right. So that we can up our game. Right. I know where you're going. Not have to shuffle around. Mm-hmm. Not have to, well, where are we going to sit? Mm-hmm. We can control it. Right. Right. I don't mind this. But some of the background noise is not too bad. I think, you know, the budget you talked about? Uh-huh. It's going to need to include at least, like, a couple salaries. You're going to need some baristas. Baristas. Some right. coffee equipment. Uh-huh. And I would even recommend, like, letting your neighbors know that you're serving coffee for that hour while we're there recording so that they can filter in and out. Just so to you keep want to the authenticity right. of the experience. Wouldn't that be sick, though, actually? Do you have neighbors close by? I, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, close enough that they would just walk in and be there for 30 close minutes. Close enough that they could. <laughs> I don't want them. Uh-oh. Uh, you know. I mean, no, I like my neighbors, but... No, bro, I don't... Don't be randomly filtering in and out of my house. No, so... I, uh... No, you might have to just come in here and set a mic down and just record some background... You know, you know I, already have, I already have a couple of tracks from our do. first. <laughs> I, I already do. thought this through. We don't have to tell anybody we stopped coming here. Yeah. Although if they hear the same music week after week, the same people chattering in the background, it might become obvious. We'll figure something out, but I think it's going to be a different experience. I think it's going to be a little bit better, and I'm excited to to put that together. So, Yeah, this should be great. So you like you said you liked the uh, a couple of um, inspirational. Oh yeah, it's the same, it's the same thing that yeah. I was going for, right? It's good, it's good. And if it's any less than that, I don't want to be there. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking quality space here, right? If you don't have a couple of Triumph motorcycles sitting around, uh-huh. you didn't do it right. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, Will, if I talk them in and let me borrow a couple of those, you come over and help me get them upstairs. Oh, I was upstairs? Yeah. Okay, all right. The evil can Helicopter those in. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I don't. <laughs> not going to happen. We've got other things, but may not quite be that. Yeah, that'll be fun. We'll get that set up. I figure... Maybe not by the next one, but maybe maybe by four weeks. Four weeks, for real? Yeah. Wow. I'm, you know, I'm moving along. Okay. So. Make sure you keep all your receipts. Yeah, lot, while it's cool. You know, while outside cool where out. I, you know, while I'm not, I can't be at the boat constantly. Got to do something else. Yeah. <laughs> All the so leaves are almost off the trees, so I, I don't know. blow leaves anymore. Man, it's been nice. And we got great weather for like the next week. I know. Like, oh, I love sitting down on the deck every day now, just working. Yeah, Watching we're the leaves fall. Head up to the boat this weekend and probably take a cruise up to yeah. the north side, check out the trees. Cool. I told Elizabeth, I was like, you know what would be great right now? A hot air balloon ride. I've never been on one, but I see them sometimes like just north of our house randomly during the springtime and i just wonder if they offer anything during the fall that'd be sick that'd right? be legit right there right find it let's do it well 
I don't really got the money right now. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. You're taking a beating. Huh? <laughs> You're taking a beating. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to wait. We got The Fed's got to stop tightening their rates before I can go on a hot air balloon ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it makes, it makes you think back to Jim Cramer. Dang that Jim Cramer. Just hyping stocks all the time. So I got, I got his book one time, probably back in like 2011, and I read it. And in there, he had this pictorial, cyclical drawing of like, here's how to respond um, on your investment style based on what the Fed is doing. And it was like Fed tightening versus Fed loosening and all about the interest rates. And dang if he isn't right thinking now like it's you know more than 10 years later and i'm watching this play out and i'm like he wasn't wrong and i still got the chart i need to pull it up maybe think about actually doing what he said in that book well there was i I read it it's interesting you said kramer because uh there's a there's a mutual fund or a fund that has come out Oh, is it the inverse of Kramer's decisions? (laughs) Yes. And is it pretty, like, what's the return look like? I haven't seen the numbers for it. I just saw where they launched it. They said, look, he's he's saying X, Y, and Z. Uh huh. We're doing the exact opposite. Do the opposite. opposite. Oh, we're going to show him. I love that. People love to hate a winner, you know? I know. I know. (laughs) It's just like, come on. It's just good. He's animated. He's got a shtick, you know. Just let him do his thing. Yeah, right. I do. I do. I'll let him do his thing. I definitely went through a period of enjoying watching his show, though, for sure. I'm like, Elizabeth, watch this. Watch this. Look what we can do. And he'll, like, he'll name a stock or whatever. I put it on my watch list, and I'll check right. back, like, a month or two later. I'm like, look, look he was right. Look what happened. <laughs> but, yeah, he's famous for some of his incorrect calls, that's for sure. Well, I mean, look, if, if, the, guy, if the guy was right all the time, you know, Right. How, listen to Buffett. He said, I don't know what the damn market's going to do. Right. You know, no one does. Right. The thing is, you can make some educated guesses. When we were watching EV stocks and uh, more closely, and there was a company called Lordstown Motors. Stop me if I've told you this one. Lordstown Motors was like hyping while all the other new EV companies were hyping, like uh, Lucid and before Rivian had vehicles, Rivian. Right. And this Lordstown Motors, they even had the president, I think it was Trump at the time, like stand with the truck and take pictures and everything. Anyway, I saw some videos on their like actual technology behind the truck and it was just god awful. And they had purchased a plant in the north, I forget, maybe Ohio, something like that. And they were going to start production, quote unquote. And I was like, Elizabeth, this company's garbage. This company is not going to make it. They don't actually have any tech. And but they're they're saying they're going to start production, and I think they're just hyping the stock, so the executives can sell and get out. And I was like, we should go. I was like, we should move to the plant, and like just observe on the daily. Not move to the plant. Like move to a home as close to the plant as possible for a six to twelve month stint, and watch the what you would expect are truckloads of like automotive parts to show up to then be assembled at the plant and if if what we see differs from what they say we short the stock 
and we short it until it actually falls. Because eventually, when you don't produce vehicles, even though you say you're going to produce 50,000 vehicles and you produce zero, then the stock falls. Right. And uh, of course, we didn't do it because I'm a dreamer, not a doer. And sure enough, looking back, you know, that was probably a year and a half ago. And the stock fell 85, 90% from a year and a half ago. Garbage. We should be millionaires based on that decision alone. I have to, uh, I think I told you about this. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up and find out what it is. But it talks about Chinese companies mm. that fluff their books, their production numbers, their yeah. import export numbers, pumped up the valuation. After they come in and purchase, like, you know, when you're listed on the NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange, yeah. those, I don't know, mining companies from back in the day that were listed on the stock exchange. And the way they would get in is these Chinese companies would come in and buy these defunct U.S. companies that had listings on the stock exchange at one point, mm -hmm. which meant they were able to become list. you know, they were able to trade on the stock market again and they would pump the numbers and pump the stock it was a pump and dump is what it was yeah oh we're making millions of whatever a quarter and these fund managers were pushing these stocks you know selling the hell out of them hmm. people were pouring you know millions of dollars into these quote unquote companies yeah and then a couple of people got wind of it and it's like oh hang on a minute that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, you know, doing business in China is, is tough. Yeah. Chinese government covering their own ass yeah. everywhere you look. So these local people had gotten contacted by some people in the U.S. that were like, hey, can you validate some stuff for me? And they did exactly what you talked about. Okay. Where they would sit outside the gates, the receiving gates for some of these companies. Right. And they're supposedly doing so many X number of, you know, whatever, right? right? And there'd be like one truck that would come in. <laughs> and they saw like six people for a company that supposedly employed 3,500 people. It's too easy. You know? If there's no activity, there's no activity. Zero activity. So what it was, I mean, all it was was... It's garbage. It was, it was just made up. They oh cooked the gosh. books. Like so fried, awful. Right? And so when it all come out, these people knew heads up this is coming they sold everything cashed sure, out sure yeah and then the stock fell through the floor yes and people lost hundreds of thousands millions so of wrong. dollars it's so know? wrong and so what they you know they, they tried to raise their flag they tried to tell everyone they ran it up through uh, the security exchange commission mm -hmm. didn't really get a lot of traction on it so the guy said look fuck it if y'all not going to do anything about it, I'm going to make money on it. Right. So he flipped. Then he started shorting these companies. And then he would start exposing these companies. Right. And then they would fall through Short the floor. And he was making money on the other direction. Right. right. like, you know, if you can't beat them, join them, you know? And I'm, you know, I think short sellers have a bad rap. Oh, but yeah. there are definitely cases where it makes sense. Like, you, did you hear about... Um, the Hindenburg report on Lucid Motors. Yeah. Was it Lucid? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Well, not Lucid. Uh, 
dang, what was it? It was Nikola, Nikola oh. Motors, with Trevor Milton. Yeah. Did you hear? You heard the news on him? Went to court. Yeah. I, did he get? He was found guilty at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't caught up fully, but yeah. That was a beautiful story. I mean, it was amazing how that was laid out. Yeah. Like you need people like that held accountable, and short sellers do it. Well, they're, I just they're, wish I was on the profiting side of that. Well, that's the thing, right? It, there comes a time where I'm trying to get a company off the ground, and you're actively campaigning for my downfall. That's no good. I don't like right. that. That's awful. Right. I, I wish there was regulation against right. that somehow. That's if it the, made that's sense. That's the key, right? Where's yeah. the line? It, it, well, it's always gray. Right. But uh, yeah, regulators find a good spot, a, a decent spot to draw it based on you know what's going on, and I yep. think that that's necessary. However, uh, you do want them around. You do want short sellers. You do want them exposing fraud for fraud. That's the best accountability. Are you shorting Twitter? No, God, no. <laughs> also, it's not a public stock anymore. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. I'm shorting Twitter by deleting my account. <laughs> I've actually already talked to people who said, I'm coming back to Twitter now that Elon took it over. Isn't that crazy? And everything I read says... What's that other platform that they were talking about? Mon. Mon. I don't know. It starts with an M. I, I read the article this morning and said they, as soon as the, the purchase was finalized, this other platform ended up with like 70,000 new subscribers in a matter of a couple of days. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like a, like a Twitter Mont, competitor. Montclair or something like oh, that. Know. Or something like I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter because, because, because Elon and team specifically the team part, is going to uh, overhaul Twitter so that Twitter is the place to go for the town hall. And everyone will expect everyone else is there sharing openly how they, what their opinions are on things. Right. Without concern of being muted or uh, down-regulated based on your views. And I think if he executes on that, I mean, that's super valuable, right? Because right now we assume based on the platform we're on, we're going to get I assume that I'm going to get pushed down or up based on what I actually no I don't I don't really care I don't really have much <laughs> of an opinion for anybody to hear I don't post anything for the thing if you go to my Twitter I post about Tesla and FSD beta right that's it and I haven't posted there in like four months <laughs> yeah I left it I think I opened the app a half a dozen times and just never really it never really did anything for me. So, oh, wow, it's a it's a beautiful thing between, yeah, any of these apps, these, these social apps where you can. This is the way I like to think of it as a tool to curate information you want to know about during any particular phase of your life. So with NFTs, I was like, man, let me get on Twitter and let's just purge it and just populate it with NFT information. And when you do that, then you can open up daily and consume 15 minutes of information posted by NFT peers. And you learn so much. Like you can get into any ecosystem really quickly. It's like joining a forum, except the info is presented to you in a very short form way that you can consume and just be in the know about whatever the thing is. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. An amazing tool. Well, good for you. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So that's, that's that. We're, uh, we're looking forward to the weekend. It's going to be a nice weekend, so yeah, I'm excited to amazing do amazing weather. Yeah, I'm excited to do nothing. Yeah, yeah, do nothing. 
Elizabeth and Oliver are just getting over some colds. So we're excited to get back to a normal routine at our house. Easy climbing this weekend? Um, we should be Saturday morning, except he's got like a fall festival at school. I yeah. got a whole setup. Gotcha. So we're going to go down there and do that family thing. We went to, uh, they had what they called a Halloweeny roast. A Halloweeny Halloweeny roast. roast. So right. we, they had a really cool like Halloween uh, set up smoke machines and pumpkin decorating and like games and so we went saw you know his friends and their families and hung out and did like um, roasty marshmallows and hot dogs and that was pretty solid that is cool took them trick-or-treating <laughs> halloween night of course that was fun dude we had the most kids show up really that i've ever seen like hordes of kids hordes <laughs> swarms <laughs> You know, Stampedes. so in the neighborhood, like I'm in the cul-de-sac, and there's probably Those four are the or five best spots, like four or five houses for candy. You know, up to the main street, mm-hmm. and so it's it's probably I don't know, ten or fifteen feet of rise to the end of the street. Okay, from my place, so like I could look out the front door, and like just see this mob of kids, yeah, and parents. Like turn the corner and start to come down the cul-de-sac, and then it just spread. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. Did you buy a lot of candy? I'm going to get wiped out. You know? <laughs> no. Oh. Because we bought the house in 19. We had a handful of kids that year. Yeah. Then COVID hit, so we had Oh, nothing. sure. So you're ramping up from... So, you know, I bought a $10 bag of candy, bought the good stuff. I don't know how many damn pieces in there. Let's just call it 50. Yeah. 80 or whatever the hell it is. I was like, no, nah, man. If I go in there and buy three or four bags of candy, you know, and give handfuls of it out, I'm going to end up with five pounds of candy left over. And I know who's going to eat that. I'm not <laughs> doing it. So I bought one bag of candy. So I've got candy. Yeah. And I can hand this out. And I like to give like handfuls of candy. I'm like, hey, yeah. we, you know, yeah. I get a handful. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the guy right. that you know, drops one bag of... There's one piece. One, one mini sticker bar in here. There's a piece of gum for you. Which I guess there's a lesson in that, you know. Don't be so damn greedy. Be happy with what you get. Anyway, I like to give out about a handful. Yeah. I was like, no, because I'm giving out one piece at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> and then this massive mob of kids and parents in full dress up come down the hill and fan out and out of I want to say about 30 kids I bet I gave candy to like 7 I was like who's running this thing <laughs> you know man hit every house that has the light on right yeah, and yeah. I'm standing there with a bucket full of candy trying to give it away and they just swooped right around swung around the cul-de-sac went straight up the street I was like alright <laughs> alright <laughs> Your loss. Bro, these kids were pulling up with king-size pillowcases. These things were four feet long. Yeah. Like this kid could have gotten inside of it. Yeah. This is their candy bag. Yeah. High expectations. I'm like, man, you ready, ain't you? Look, when I was a kid, so we went with him through a neighborhood, and I would say probably 70% of the houses had a bowl sitting out front. Just like, hey, take take yeah. your candy. And then the other 
the rest of the majority of them were the adults st- sitting in the driveway with whatever fire pits and stuff and can- passing out candy. When I was a kid, you had to go up to the door, ring the doorbell, uh-huh. and stand and wait. Yep. Oliver is hesitant to walk up to a house where it appears like there's nothing going on other mm-hmm. than some decorations and the lights on. Because most of the time, there's a candy bowl or someone standing there passing it out. It blew yeah. my mind. Like, there was one house he went to, and sure enough, it was an older gentleman where he had to ring the doorbell, wait three seconds, the door would open, hey, and he would say, trick or treat. It felt like the oddball out doing that, you know? Every, every other house is like, there's a candy bowl sitting out, get your candy, and you go. I love some of them, though. They had, like, tables full of, like, full-size candy bars, like full-size Hershey's, full-size Paydays, whatever it was. These people are trying too hard. It's just expensive, bro. There, it is not a cheap holiday. No. But it, you know what I like, though? It's nice to kick off the – it feels like it kicked off the holiday seasons. It did after what we've been through the last couple of years, you know, and the weather was beautiful. Yes. It had rained earlier in the it day, nice. but then it had cleared up. It was yep. really nice. You know, we – usually what I like is – I like to sit on the back of the truck, pull the truck down, sit on the back of the truck. We just kind of chill. Mm-hmm. It's just music. Yeah. Kids come up, you know, give them candy. This year I did the whole thing where I turned the light on and had the bowl inside the door because I've left the bowl outside before. And, you know, after about three trick-or-treaters, they clean it out. I'm like, guys, <laughs> honestly, man, you know. So <laughs> my neighbor, I was outside. My neighbor, I heard the kids leave the door, and I saw her cut all the lights off. He said, she gave me like 10 pieces. She just straight up dumped the rest she of the candy in that one kid's bag and said, happy Halloween. And shut the, she said she was done. It was like yeah. 10 after 7. <laughs> she was like, done. Yeah. So. I think we spotted one of the kids that did the whole, like, take the whole bowl and dump it in there. We spotted one of those because... The neighborhood we went to, they kicked off, like, trick-or-treating. It was, like, 6.15 or something like that. They had just kicked it off, and within 10 minutes, we showed up at a house with an empty bowl. And then later on in the neighborhood, it's like one big loop, this neighborhood. Later on in the neighborhood, I saw a kid riding a bike, and his bag was just chock full of candy. Like, hey, buddy, trick-or-treating, trick-or-treating started 10 minutes ago. There's no way you've collected <laughs> 10 pounds out. of candy already. Yeah. You clean that bowl. We know it was you. Yeah. And he'll wait about two weeks, and then he'll go to school and sell them for <laughs> a dollar making, a piece. You know? <laughs> yes. Because everybody's got that bang. fix. That's right. They, they've they've gotten past it, and now they want to. Now they want to. Right. Candy bar again. This cat's over there, like right, right. supply and demand. Just hustling. Right. Start early. Yep. Yeah. So it was a good Halloween. That was fun. It was. It's already second of November, so looking looking forward to this time of year. I enjoy the holidays, so we're gonna ramp up and see family and and enjoy that, you know? Yeah. Should be good. So we've got let's look at this. Are you looking for your work schedule? No, I'm just looking, so we we'll meet again on the sixteenth. Oh, you're thinking like podcast holiday season schedule. 
But we'll meet again on the 16th, and then the following meeting is the 30th after Thanksgiving. So. You know what? I say we wing it. I mean, I don't have any travel plans at this point. Yeah, I'm good. If you're in and I'm in, let's meet. Let's do it like usual. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, it should be good. No, Nobody takes off for the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I got a ton of stuff to do today, so I'm fixing to wrap up here and try to make a move. So it's good to see you. Likewise. I, I did hit a couple of things I wanted to talk about today. Did you make a list? You got I a did. Book. Nice. I did. I had so nothing. I got mine, yeah. All right, so I'm going to come next time with my list, and I'm going to The The, the studio is going to have a setup where we can keep track of that. That'd be nice. I bought a teleprompter. You bought, thank you. I bought a, because I'm trying to record some content for rock climbing. You bought a teleprompter? I bought a, like, this is a thing, for real. You can hang, it's like a mirror. Uh-huh. You know how the front of an actual teleprompter looks like on a camera, like yeah. a typical studio camera? It's got yeah. like the angle to it. It's got like a mirror and it shows the words, right? But it, this one that I bought, it's like 60 bucks and it literally hangs on the front of a camera lens yeah. and it holds like an iPad All right. and a thing right under it. And there's a, an app, like a teleprompter app for your iPad. And you can write a script and then read the script while looking at the <laughs> camera. <laughs> I don't know if that's what we're into, but there will, we will have some talking points. It's interesting. So, I, yeah, this is what I do. Is I put some boil, bullet points on it, and then I can keep looking at the camera as I go through my bullet points. <laughs> I haven't published anything, but someday I will. Well, I got to get I gotta get busy so we can make that schedule. So that's the plan. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, go get your work done. Yeah. I'll do the same, and I'll yep. see you next week. Yeah, we'll do that. See you. Peace out. Yep.